Hello, and welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. Online marketing expert, Lindsay Anderson, known internationally as One Click Lindsay, and her dedicated online marketing specialists at trafficandleads.com know that today's growing businesses thrive on targeted website traffic that converts into leads with just one click. Whether your business is struggling right now or your thriving business needs even more fuel for growth, you've come to the right place. So sit back and get ready to learn how to grow your business one click at a time. Please welcome your host of the Traffic and Leads podcast, One Click Lindsay. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. I'm your host, One Click Lindsay. So today is a very special day. I have a very awesome guest on today. Many of you have heard of her. If you haven't heard of her, you've probably heard of her husband. But let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Her name is Kate Erickson. She is the woman behind the big success of the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast, where she serves as the content creator and community manager. Using her expertise in branding and marketing, Kate has helped business partner and boyfriend, John Lee Dumas, in growing their business. She takes charge of creating insightful blogs on the site as well as leading the Podcasters Paradise, a growing mastermind community with the aim to provide podcasters and podcasters in the making with the necessary tools, resources, and all the support they need in creating and growing their business. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, ma'am. Did I miss anything in that intro that you would like to add? I know you do so much behind the scenes over there. That was an amazing intro. Thank you. <laughs> I, think, I think you wrote it. <laughs> That's cool. Um, or I found it because you're just all over the place. You've been in the Huffington Post. You and John, like, you know, pretty much are the godfathers of podcasting. What did you say? <laughs> you made it popular. I, I, I'll definitely take that. I really appreciate it. You know, we had, um, John always likes to say, you know, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. I mean, there are, of course, many before us who have done amazing things in the podcasting space who were big inspirations to us. So, um, but yeah, I really appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about email lists. Now you guys put a lot of emphasis on email lists. Would you consider growing your list as a part of your podcast success or how much in in your business does an email list play? It's so massive. It's really, I mean, our list has allowed us to do things that we never would have been able to do uh, without a list. I mean, it's really our direct connection to our audience. It's something that we own, um, much like our website, uh, where we can directly communicate with, ask questions and um, have a conversation with our audience. And through email marketing, uh, we've created free courses that have then been able to lead into our paid communities. I would say probably a very large portion of our income. Uh, I might even say, you know, upwards of 70% is a direct result of having an email list. Wow. And when you and John started, it's probably fair to say, I mean, you had to start at zero at some point, but like really when you started producing podcasts, was your list at zero or did you bring it over from somewhere? It was zero. Wow. Everything with the podcast was from scratch. I mean, John didn't have Twitter. He didn't have Instagram. Um, you know, he had a personal profile on Facebook that he shared with his friends, but that was really about it. We really started at ground zero, literally. Um, email list, website, everything was brand new. And what year was that? That was in 2012, late 2012. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. So you guys have come a long way in like three years. A huge way. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. So, so for those of us, um, I have customers that, uh, you know, my list is zero. It's like seems very daunting to them, even though I'm constantly telling them how important their list is. What mm. advice could you give to someone who just is feeling like it's such a big task? You know, it is a big task, but if you only have five people on your email list, that's huge. That's five people that you now get to say, what are you struggling with right now? What is it that I can provide you of value that will help you overcome your struggles? And that's how you're going to start creating products and services for your audience that people are actually going to pay you money for. So anyone that thinks that building an email list is too big of a task doesn't really want to build their business because I truly believe that without an email list, your business cannot scale and grow in today's online world. I I just really don't think that it's possible. Wow. Um, You know, there are, of course, brick and mortar businesses who rely on traffic that's coming through the door. But how many emails or text message marketing things have you gotten, you know, maybe over the Christmas season that got you thinking like, oh, yeah, that would actually be a great place to pick up a gift for my mom or my friend. Um, So even with brick and mortar stores, I still feel like email is such a powerful tool to get that direct connection with your audience. And, you know, really an inbox is a very sacred place for people. It's kind of like the last space online that you still kind of manage as an individual. And so you're only going to be letting people into your inbox that are really important to you. Otherwise, you're going to unsubscribe or, you know, maybe you label it as a spam so that you don't continue to receive those messages. So somebody giving you their email address and saying, yes, I do want to hear from you. Again, even if that's five people, because everyone in this entire world started out with an email list of zero. At some point, people had to start building a list and they had five people on their list at one point too. But those five people are going to get you 10 people, are going to get you 50 people, are going to get you 100 people. Awesome. So do you have any tips or tricks about growing an email list? Like what, what a person should do, like a fast way maybe? Well, I definitely think it starts with having a really great reason for people to opt in. A lot of people, you know, refer to this as an opt-in giveaway, whether that be a PDF download, maybe a checklist of some sort, or maybe even access to you. I know a lot of people who are successfully growing an email list through offering up 10 or 15 minute chats with people who want to get on the line with somebody and have someone to talk to about, you know, what they're going through right now, have somebody to talk to who's in the same place that they are on their journey or who at least has been there before so they understand. Um, So I think offering up chats is a great way to grow your email list. I also think that guest posting and guest podcasting is an amazing way to grow your reach. And especially with guest posting, you're then getting a direct link back to your site and getting people to your site who may have not found out about you otherwise. So if you're able to maybe pick out the, you know, a list of five or 10 people who serve a similar audience to you. And you can either maybe be a guest on their podcast or guest post on their site, provide value to their already existing audience. And you can leverage that once you get people back to your site and you have that opt-in giveaway in place, again, whether it's a PDF download, a checklist, or a call with you, that's what you have to have in place so that when people are hitting your site, they have a way um, or you have a way rather to capture their information. That's wonderful tips, especially the 10 minute, the 10 minute phone call. Not only that, but um, having a 10 minute phone call with someone like 
will build that relationship more than even just the email would. Absolutely. Yes. And I've learned from many who have done these 10 minute chats and John and I've done them ourselves as well, that that really gets you on the fast track to understanding if you're right on with who you think your avatar is and who it is that you might end up serving. Because in the beginning, right, we kind of um, take some guesses when we're creating who our avatar is. You know, we don't know for sure because we haven't built an audience yet. We don't know who's going to be attracted to us or who really needs the information that it is that we have to provide. But once you get on these phone calls and you have 10 minute chats with 10 people, what are the recurring themes, the recurring struggles, the recurring questions that come up over those 10 different phone calls? That's going to get you very far ahead versus, you know, doing blog research or writing content or anything else. I mean, th- those phone calls can be very powerful and moving your business forward very fast. Wow, that is excellent. Um, So do you recommend like you're you get on the phone with them and you're like, I set a timer and then gracefully slip out after 10 minutes? <laughs> or what do you recommend? Because some people will tend to kind of like, you know, talk. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely an art. And I think it takes a lot of practice. I feel very awkward in those situations myself. (laughs) Um, But you know, the more calls that you have, and the more precise you are with your questions, I think the easier time you're going to have, um, like, say you do your first 10 minute call, and you have five questions lined up, and you're only able to get through two of those questions, you know, that's kind of feedback for you so that you can improve the next call. Like, how could you have maybe pose the question in a different way, um, maybe led the person into the next question in a different way so that you can really truly get the value that you're looking for out of that call. Well, of course, still providing value to the person on the other end. I mean, that's the point, right? You want them to say like, wow, this call with Lindsay was worth my email address for sure. And it's also worth me now following her and figuring out what she's up to because I want what she has to provide. I love it. Plus that is value. Like asking someone for their time, like you're obviously putting yourself out there and giving them something like 10 minutes of your time is a lot, especially for a busy entrepreneur, even big time. And imagine, you know, somebody who's struggling right now, or who needs someone to talk to, or who maybe doesn't have much support in place, you know, they're trying to find their way on their own journey. And if you can be the person to help guide them, then they're never going to forget that. I love that. I I really do. Because a lot of the and the reason why I love that is because, you know, you do the reports and you do the free courses. Like it seems like um, people are very used to seeing that. So mm-hmm. to get back to just this one-on-one relationship and it, the, the kind of information you can get, that's that's an excellent tip, Kate. No wonder why you're Thank so you. successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about email. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips and tricks on how to keep your email list engaged? Uh, well, I would figure out what a good consistency is for you for your email list. A lot of people recommend at least one email a week um, so that you're constantly in front of your audience and and maybe not constantly is the right word, but consistently in front of your audience. Because if you like, let's say you go to a website and you see this opt-in giveaway and you're like, man, that checklist, I feel like that's exactly what I need right now. I'm definitely going to sign up for this. So you enter your email address, you either get the download directly on that page, or maybe you get a follow-up email that says like, hey, thanks for subscribing. Um, here's the checklist that you wanted. And I also want to let you know that next week, I'm going to send you something that is the next step 
on this checklist, whatever it might be. Like maybe it's a, um, you know, once you have your checklist marked off, this is the next step. And I'm going to send that to you next week. And then what happens when ne- next week comes around and that person doesn't receive that email? Maybe they forget about it too, because we're all busy and, you know, we have a lot of things going on. But I can guarantee you that if you try and email them a month from now and say like, hey, um, you downloaded a guide a month ago. I told you I was going to send you an email and I didn't. But like just catching up, you know, that person's going to be like, "Um, you know, I kind of forgot that you didn't send me that other email. But like now you're back in my (laughs) inbox again and I haven't heard from you in a while, you know. Yeah. So um, I really think that the consistency figuring out what that's going to be for you and for everyone's audience is going to be a bit different. So you might test that a little bit. But I think that's really important to find a consistent schedule where you stay in touch because that's what's really going to help you say that your subscribers stay engaged with you. Right. Okay. So do you recommend so after you figure out how often to send, there's been a lot of discussion. It's like, you know, a while ago, it was like send fancy emails with cool pictures. And it looks kind of like an e-zine. And now it's like, no, make it just like you're writing your mom an email. So don't put the fancy stuff. Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, you know, we started off where we were doing like we were testing out everything. I literally did like this whole email series where I basically was just doing different things in our emails just to see what happened. And it was different every time someone opened an email. They're like, what's Kate dishing out today? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we would do like one thing for, for, you know, for maybe like a month. Oh, OK. Like, I thought it was switch every it up time. a bit. <laughs> yeah. Serve it up. Um, no, because I truly did want to test and see like this thing. Exactly what you just said, Lindsay, like are images good in emails or should we have a sidebar or should we have like this beautiful banner with John's face on it or like I don't know and so we tested a bunch of that stuff out and you know honestly when it comes down to it pretty emails are great you know when I open an email and there's a great banner at the top um, you know I feel a certain connection to that because I'm seeing somebody's face it's brand recognition I'm seeing like maybe the colors that they use on their site or their logo so I think that there are some situations where that can be a good like brand awareness play Um, or that personal touch like if it were to be your face or something like that. When it comes down to it though, if you're going to be sending emails to your list weekly or maybe even a couple times a week, people aren't opening your emails to look at your pictures unless that is like your business. If your business is photography, obviously, or like if you run a design company, then yes, maybe having images in your email is a must have. But if you're providing tips, checklists, advice, next steps, guides, you know, in an email, I don't think that images and banners and all that stuff is necessary. We certainly don't use them in all of our emails. We have one email that we send out every week that's kind of like a recap of the best content that we've posted that week. And we do have a header for that because it differentiates it from our other messages. But other than that, if we're promoting a webinar or we're uh, referencing a specific course or something, then we might put in a logo or a picture for that. But as a rule of thumb, I like the just write an email like you're writing to your friend. That's what people are going to connect with. That's what's real. Be authentic. You know, if putting a picture in there feels authentic to you, then go for it. 
Love it. That's good advice. I love it. Finally, the answer I've been searching for. (laughs) That wasn't really, I guess I didn't black and white answer anything that you asked me. (laughs) That's my take. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk a little bit about you guys have, so one of the cool opt-ins that you and John have created, and and maybe it was you because you're like the content creator queen, is the Firepath Roadmap. Can you, um, we will all go and opt in. I recommend everyone to go opt in on that. But can you give us some highlights from that? You guys also wrote a book called The Fire Path as well, right? Yeah, definitely. The Fire Path is really a guide. It's meant to be the biggest foundational pieces that every business needs because we were feeling that a lot of people were coming to us asking questions about how do I grow my business? How do I grow my audience? How do I monetize? And when we got to the root of it, they were having these struggles because there was never a foundation put in place for their business. They had never niched down so that they were serving a specific group of people. They didn't know who their avatar was. They weren't spending the time to go out and build relationships with people that mattered and people that they could connect with on, you know, a deeper level above like, hey, let me retweet you or like your posts on Facebook. And that's what the fire path starts out with. It starts out with, you know, how do you overcome the number one thing that holds every entrepreneur back, which is fear? We talk about ways that you can overcome fear on your journey because we all feel that. It's just a matter of whether we're going to embrace it or we're going to let it hold us back. And then the fire path really continues on this journey of what are the specific steps you need to take in order to get that foundation in place for your business? How do you find your avatar? How do you niche? How do you build relationships? So it really goes through each of those steps and goes all the way into growing and monetizing because we know that's what everybody wants to learn about. They don't want to necessarily learn about the foundation of their business, but they sure do want to grow and monetize it. So we cover that as well. The roadmap is really the beginning stages. How do you put that foundation in place? Place, and then the rest of the book covers the growth and monetization strategies. Wow. Can you give us like your top three tips on on like building those relationships or finding your niche or finding your perfect customer? Just your top three fire map tips. Can you? Okay. Okay. Um, my number one tip for finding your avatar would be um, to take a look at what it is that you're offering. Like what are you best at and what do you want to offer people? And now given that information, Who's the person that needs that? That's the very first step to figuring out who your avatar is. When you're looking to niche, I would take whatever idea you have for the audience that you're looking to serve and then dig deeper three times. This is one of the specific exercises that I go through on the fire path. So Lindsay, let's say that I said, I would like to help brick and mortar businesses take their presence online. That is kind of a niche because I'm directly targeting brick and mortar businesses who are interested in bringing their presence online. But what type of brick and mortar business? So another niche level for me might be saying, I'm only going to serve brick and mortar businesses who sell accessories. So that would be another niche level for me because I'm narrowing down the people I'm serving. And a lot of people (laughs) resist doing this because they feel like they're shutting out their opportunity to get more clients. But truth be told, what you're doing when you try and open it up to everybody, you are going to find no one there because nobody wants to deal with somebody that tries to serve everyone. And I learned that myself when I started my first business. I was trying to serve a huge 
market of people. And because of that, nobody wanted to work with me. So that would be my tip for niching. And that was your that was your copywriting business, right? Yes, exactly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my tip for building relationships, I would start, I have kind of a double one for this one. So it would be to join one in-person meetup group in your area. And you can find those by going on meetup.com you know, is going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people. It's going to feel awkward at first, but find one in-person meetup on meetup.com. You can search by industry, niche, interests, hobbies, whatever it might be that you're trying to do in your business. Find a meetup group that talks about that and attend that meetup group. And then the other one would be to do the same thing online. So whether you go to Facebook or LinkedIn, search the groups for groups that are talking about the topic that you're teaching or wanting to start your business around and join those groups and start adding value, start answering people's questions and sharing what it is that you're trying to share through your business. Because in doing that, you're not only going to be building strong relationships with people, you're also going to be positioning yourself as an authority figure. Wow. First of all, you have a good memory. I asked three questions in one and you hit every single one. Second of all, those are some (laughs) awesome tips. So thank you. I'll try to keep my questions separate, but um, those are killer tips and you're right about meetup, but it goes back to what you were saying about fear. Like nobody wants to go to a room full of strangers, but it's so powerful to do that. So just do it because everyone, nobody (laughs) wants to be there, right? Right. Maybe John does. I don't know. He's pretty, he's pretty, he seems out there. So he's very outgoing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, let's, so I only have you for um, a few more minutes. So I want to talk a little bit about podcasting. That's, um, is it fair to say that that's like your passion, what you believe a lot in? Can you, can you tell us a little bit about the power of podcasting? Can anyone start a podcast? Do you like it when people copy your podcasts? Tell me all about that. <laughs> um, anybody can start a podcast who wants to start a podcast. Um, and podcasting can be very, very powerful because it gives you, um, again, we talked about a direct connection with your email list that you get to your audience. Podcasting gives you that, but it's verbal. Like people are hearing your voice. They're connecting with you on an emotional level because they're going to feel like they're getting to know you. Anybody who tunes into your show, Lindsay, feels like they know you. And if you haven't experienced already, which I think you probably have, you will definitely experience in the future being at an in-person event or a conference and people coming up to you and saying, oh my gosh, Lindsay, I feel like I know you because I listen to your podcast. I listen to your voice and I know the kinds of things that you like. And I, and I remember that you talked about on that one episode that this thing really frustrated you. And I can totally resonate with that because it frustrates me too. Podcasting gives you that intimate connection with your audience that you're never going to get through an email or a blog post or a PDF download. So um, beyond that, I mean, it has a worldwide reach. So you're no longer just speaking to people in your geographical area, which, you know, you could, of course, do on stage at an event or maybe you could go to a conference. And if you had, you know, 500 people in the room, that would be amazing. But imagine being on a podcast and having 5,000 people listening because they don't have to be in that room with you. They could be anywhere. So um, podcasting is definitely a passion of mine. I see what it's done for our business. And John and I are both you know, feel very strongly about helping other people be able to implement the same types of things in their business. Awesome. So you guys um, kind of developed this whole 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys kind of developed this whole interviewing other famous or successful entrepreneurs and kind of telling their story interview style on a podcast. You guys kind of developed that, right? Or did you guys find that somewhere else? Well, we found it. John definitely listened to other interview based podcasts of hosts who were interviewing entrepreneurs. But what John did that differentiated himself and that differentiated EO Fire and really what helped the podcast take off and give him the name that he now has today is that just that he differentiated it. And so many people don't take the time to do that. They just take what they see and then they plop it into a template and then they get on the microphone and they think that because it works for John, it's going to work for them too. You need to be unique. And the way that John was unique, because Pat Flynn was out there interviewing successful entrepreneurs. Andrew Warner's been interviewing successful entrepreneurs for a long time. But John did a formatted show. He asked the same exact questions every single time, and he did it seven days a week. Those two things really differentiated him from anybody else in the space at that time. So I think that that would be something that, you know, John is known for is the fact that he's been doing it seven days a week since he started, and he has a formatted show. Love it. Wow, that's really cool information. Okay, I want to ask you a little bit about video and the power of video. Do you guys do any video marketing or do you not do that? Um, we certainly use videos uh, in some aspects of our business. We do have a YouTube channel. Um, we're in the midst of a Kickstarter campaign right now for a book that John recently launched called The Freedom Journal. And we've been doing a lot of video updates to our email list. So we've been emailing people with a video, awesome. um, kind of taking the power of two things and bringing it into one. Um, and then, of course, we do we do a lot of webinars. Um, and that's, of course, all video. Um, you know, John's getting on camera, welcoming people, saying hi to people on our webinars. We're doing an entire um, uh, keynote presentation. Um, so we do use video, but maybe not in the typical sense of like, okay, I'm going to post a video on Facebook today um, for advertising purposes. But we can both agree that like having your people seeing you like speaking on their computers like a TV is definitely powerful, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, we talk about the power of, of getting somebody in their inbox, the power of somebody letting you into their inbox. That's huge. The power of verbally connecting and having that intimate connection with the listeners of your podcast. And then you talk about video where you're face to face and people can see you. Absolutely very powerful. Awesome. Okay. Um, I have two more questions. I have like a million questions, but I, I'm going to sum it up. So okay. what social media platform do you guys use that you find the most success with? And I know that won't be the same for all businesses, but just for you guys, which one do you like best if you had to pick one? Um, gosh, that's tough. I mean, I think the one that I like best and that I see gives us the biggest return is Facebook because we've had um, some pretty good success with Facebook ads. And there's no other platform that we've used in that same way that's given us the same thing back that Facebook has. Awesome. Thank you. And finally, I've heard you talk about mindset, embracing fear. I've heard you talk about that a lot. Can you can we just sum up this interview with you telling us a little bit about how to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about fear a little bit um, when we were talking about the fire path and anybody who's 
thinking that they can't do something because nobody wants to hear from them or that their voice doesn't matter or that they don't really have anything valuable to share or they don't have an expertise. I mean, these are all excuses that we tell ourselves because we don't want to fail and because we don't want to look stupid and because we don't want people to laugh at us. And all of those things are what's going to keep you in a comfortable place doing the same thing you did yesterday and the day before and the day before. It took me a lot of really, really tough times to realize that I wasn't going to let that fear hold me back anymore. And the only reason I'm where I am today is because I finally learned that in order to move forward, I have to embrace that fear. So I know it's hard, but you're not alone. Everybody struggles with this. So I mean, you can do this. Start surrounding yourself with the right type of people. Start being around people who are going to lift you up and let's do this. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end it. Okay. Before we go, tell everybody where to find you, obviously, and any like cool opt-ins or giveaways you guys do that we can get in on. Yeah, for sure. So everything that we do can be found over at eofire.com. That's kind of our home base. And well, not kind of, that is our <laughs> home base. <laughs> and um, we have actually rotating opt-ins. So anytime you go to eofire.com, um, you have the potential of seeing a new opt-in opportunity. We have things like the top 11 success tips for entrepreneurs. Um, we have the top 12 resources that were recommended by entrepreneurs. And we also have some really cool things going on around the Freedom Journal, which we just launched. So if you want to check that out, you can go to thefreedomjournal.com. Thank you so much. And just let me mention what she just, she gave us and one more secret there, which was, Maybe people go to her website. They don't like opt-in for that initial opt-in. The next time they go to their website, she has a new one up. They might opt-in for that. That's clever, Kate. Okay. Thank you again for being on the show, Kate. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Well, there you have it, folks. Another awesome episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay from TrafficandLeads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast, featuring online marketing expert, One Click Lindsay. Tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting them more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more traffic and leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.